episode 185. Hi, welcome to my mum's show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this episode of the Single Mother Survival Guide podcast. My name is Julia Hushet. I'm the host of this show and I'm really thrilled that you're here joining me today. Before we get into this week's episode, I do need to remind you that this is part two of a three-part series. So if you haven't yet listened to part one, I would just recommend that you would just stop listening to this one here where you are and just go back and listen to episode 184, which is the episode prior to this one, just so you get the full story. This story is incredible and As I said last week, I'm just so grateful that Daphne has come on the show to share this experience with us. She is one of the most amazing and inspirational people I have ever had the honor of speaking with on this show. Before we dive back in, I just want to thank everybody who has written in to me lately or who's left a review, especially all my podcast app reviewers. Thank you for doing that. I just wanted to read out this week's shout out from Australia who said, hi, beautiful woman. It was a pleasure to be a part of your podcast. No one ever said being a mum would be easy, but being a single mum takes those challenges to the next level. You love your kids with all your heart, but it's a lot to do on your own. Single motherhood can be incredibly isolating too. That's why I strongly suggest you listen to Julia's podcast. You are not alone. Julia is here to commiserate with you, inspire you, and remind you just how strong you are. Thank you so much. I know who this was from. It was from a previous guest on this show, and her story was just incredible too. I mean, they all are. I'm just honestly so grateful to my guests for sharing their stories because I know it's really tough. And, you know, you're opening your heart and you're being so open and honest and vulnerable and just sharing something so personal in like the most public way possible. So I'm super grateful. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a guest. And thank you so much for leaving that beautiful review. And if you are a regular listener and you haven't yet left a review, I'd be super grateful if you could leave one for me. It makes the podcast easier for new single moms to find. And like this one, it's encouraging other single moms to listen to the podcast, which is also great because I really do believe that this podcast can be life-changing to any single mom just as it may have been for you. All you have to do is go to the show in your podcast app and tap on write a review. You can also rate this podcast while you're there simply by tapping on the stars and you can also subscribe while you're there and you will never miss an episode. Right, we are just about to dive in. Before I do, I'm launching something very exciting in April and the very first people who I'm going to tell about it are going to be my email subscribers. So if you want to be one of the first to know about this, make sure to jump onto the website, www.singlemothersurvivalguide.com. And on the website, you will find plenty of different spaces where you can pop in your name and your email address. And once you have confirmed your subscription, sometimes I end up in the junk folder, which I personally find quite offensive because <laughs> I don't think I'm junk at all. But apparently a lot of email service providers do think I'm junk. And I think it's because it's got the word single mother in it. Perhaps that's my thinking. So anyway, you just have to make sure that I stay in your normal inbox 
and you'll be one of the first to know about what I'm launching, which is going to be very exciting. Um, And then I will be talking about it on the podcast in a few weeks. So not this week, not next week, the week after that, that'll be the 11th of March. And I can't wait to share with you what I've been sort of planning, which all kind of came about as a result of my trip to Necker Island back in uh, October. So I'm very excited to, to share it with you. Okay, it's time to get into this week's episode. Uh, we're going to carry on the chat with Daphne. This is incredible. Can't wait for you to hear more of this woman's just amazingness. Uh, she really is incredible. Uh, let's get back into it. All right, back on the show with me today, I have Daphne from Orange County in the States. Uh, Hi, Daphne. How are you? Hi, Julia. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me again today. We had to cut short before when we were talking and I'm really, really keen to carry on this chat with you. So thank you for joining me again today. I know it's like 12.30am where you are, so I think you're a superstar for doing this. Thank you. (laughs) you're welcome I mean I have my coffee (laughs) (laughs) coffee solves everything it's great (laughs) well so last time we were talking you were about to talk about how um your mom kind of found out about it yeah so what happened was I started my fall semester in college and you know, the incident had happened during the summer. And while I started my first semester, I kind of did my best to, you know, pick up where where I left off. And I ignored all the signs of me being pregnant. And part of me convinced my mind that I'm not getting my period because of the pills that I took. And I'm like, It must have changed my body. And even though I was always feeling nauseous, I was feeling, you know, all the symptoms of being pregnant. But at the time, I didn't I didn't want to believe it. And I think I ignored it just so that it wouldn't be true. I mean, that would have been an unthinkable thing at that time for you. Yeah. And and it was. And I didn't want it to be reality. Yes. Yeah. And so what hap- What ended up happening is I told one, my roommate, I'm not getting my period and I'm, you know, starting, starting to notice changes in my body. I think I should take a pregnancy test. And so that same day we went to the grocery store and we just picked up a pregnancy test and I took it at home was this the roommate that had been so helpful to you with the food and, you know, really helped to kind of look after you? Yeah, this is that roommate. Yeah. Yeah, so we had, I had met her during the summer and then we ended up getting an apartment together. And so now she was my roommate and we shared the same room and the same apartment with other girls. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so what ended up happening was we I took the pregnancy test at home and I couldn't go see if it was positive or negative. So my roommate actually went to the bathroom for me and she she was the one to tell me 
um, with tears in her eyes, like, you're pregnant. And I was, and, you know, when I heard those words, I think I was just shocked and I was just silent and I didn't know how to react. I can't even imagine what that moment must have been like for you. Yeah, it was just because, you know, I I really did rely on having the morning after pill and, you know, taking it as I was directed. It was within 24 hours. I didn't wait long. And I mean, and what's the, isn't, aren't those things like 99% like yeah. successful? Yeah, I think it's like a 99.9%. Wow. And then, so, so yeah, so I thought I was going to be fine in terms of like not getting pregnant. And, but I ended up being that 0.1% or 0.1%. Wow. Of people, yeah. And so I don't, I don't, I didn't know how to react, but I think I did my best to, you know, calm myself down and say, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Did you cry? Yeah, I actually did end up crying, but I didn't cry in front of my roommate. I just, you know, I kept my composure. And then when I went to sleep or when I was getting ready to be- to go to bed, I just immediately just like cried oh Daphne you're so brave like I think I would have fallen apart in that moment you know like you're just so brave oh thank you I mean I just didn't want to I didn't want her to feel like um any worse than she that she already did because she was already like emotional about um the outcome yeah and so, like, I kind of thought about her and I was like, you know, I'm just going to you know, st- stick it out and just worry about the emotions later. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. You're, like, going through the toughest thing in your life and you're, like, worried about your friend. You're, like, the nice, like, <laughs> the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Seriously. So nice. Like, I, oh, you're amazing. Oh, thank you. Wait, yeah, so I just... You know, I cried and I kept having thoughts like, I don't know what to do. But then I I also felt happy because I was going through a really hard time in my life where I wasn't having, I felt like I didn't have anything going for me anymore. Like I wasn't happy to wake up. I wasn't happy to go to school. I wasn't happy at all like I was going through all these changes I had terrible terrible morning sickness like it was more of an all-day thing yeah I know who invented that term I mean (laughs) (laughs) what is that yeah (laughs) it's not just the morning like it just happens it just sneaks up on you yeah yeah so like you know my life was just changing and then at the same time like I was having all these thoughts about what happened and it I just didn't have the the time or like I I didn't seek help after what happened I just kind of like put it I try to ignore it and just put it behind me and like move on so I think that also had to do with like just you know 
adding to like finally having even though it was like bad news in a way it made me happy because I felt like I actually have some a reason to live now oh definitely. in a sense gosh I must I can't imagine like dealing with all that trauma would have been so hard and you know it's it's so sad that you were feeling like there was no reason to live I can totally understand how like a pregnancy would have even though coming from like the most awful circumstance it's like a little light because a baby is like a baby is a baby you know like it's it's nice isn't it and I guess yeah. it would have been nice to feel like you have someone like in your corner like your you know like a little little yeah. teammate yeah yeah and that's exactly how it felt it's just I just felt like like a, a light coming into my life oh. yeah because like I really during those moments like I really wish I like even though my roommate was like super helpful like I did my best not to vent I you know I just ignored all my feelings everything like I just kept going on with life as if nothing happened and I really just wanted to speak about it I wanted somebody to like help me manage my thoughts and I really really wanted to tell my mom and have her really give me advice but I was too scared to tell her so you know like it made me ha- I don't know how to explain it but it just the joy the joy yet fear about being pregnant kind of like I don't know it just gave me that like push that I needed yeah but at the same hope maybe exactly hope yeah yeah and um eventually you know at that point I I just started to think like what am I gonna say like what am I gonna do like I didn't think about having an abortion um it was just something that didn't cross my mind at all but I did think about doing adoption yeah and I actually did end up meeting with an adoption agency and I and I spoke to one of their representatives and she got to know me and I got to know her but I mean eventually I got I think I was like six months pregnant when I finally told my mom I'm pregnant wow so at that point I mean, when had you decided that, had you decided that you were going to keep it then or you still didn't know? Yeah, at, at that time, I still didn't know if I was really going to you know, choose the role of being a parent. Yeah, I was, give it up yeah, mm-hmm. I was still kind of undecided and um, I I really wanted to tell my mom and like see what she thought. And so my roommate said she she just told me like I think the best thing for you to do is just tell your mom like the worst thing that can happen is just her being upset but she's your mom she's always going to be there for you yeah exactly yeah and I was very scared but you know what happened wasn't gonna unhappen yeah she was gonna find out eventually yeah like my stomach was already I wasn't showing yet at six months which is I guess weird because most people do. Oh, I don't know. I think every everybody is so different. I don't know if there's a normal. Who yeah. knows? So 
Did you go and see her in person or did you tell her on the phone? I did. I actually ended up going home for a weekend. Gosh, it must have been very scary. It was like the scariest thing to do. I initially, I, I was like, I don't, re- I really don't know what to say. So I have an older sister. So I decided to tell her first. Okay. And are you close with her or were you close with her at the time? Or? No, actually, I've never been close to my sister, but she ha- always has been like a role model in a way, like always, you know, kind of raised me and like helped and guided me throughout okay yeah like yeah and so I I told her first and I did not expect her reaction to be what like her reaction at all I told her and she just immediately just started crying and just like hysterically crying like and you told her what had happened yeah I told her do you remember um, when the police had called my mom and and our dad and wanted them to come to Orange County to to um, meet with them and and mom couldn't make it and then like I just like kind of like filled her in on where I was going yes and I told her like the reason why they contacted our parents was because this and and like what had happened and because of what happened now I'm pregnant and so she was just like I guess she was in shock and then she just started crying like hysterically it was unexpected because she felt so bad for you I think so yes and it was it was kind of just like I was like oh my gosh like now I I I didn't know what to tell her I didn't know like how what words to say and I just told her like it's gonna be fine like we're gonna figure it out you're like a natural carer aren't you I mean you're you're the victim here in like in every possible way and you're still there like looking after your friend and your sister and you know like it's mm-hmm. you're just a beautiful person really beautiful <laughs> yeah thank you um I I think I've always had that caring for other people like I've always been mindful and you know just always I see things that other people kind of don't yeah yeah so then when you know eventually my sister like composed herself and like we talked about it and then she said, okay, like, do you want me to go call my mom? And I said, yeah, can you? And so she did. And then my mom walked in the room. And that's that's when I, I really couldn't even, I couldn't say anything. And so I just looked at my sister and I, and I just said, can you, can you tell her, please? And so my sister was the one to tell my mom. But I was in the room with yeah. them. yeah. And how did your mom react? So um, I didn't expect this reaction at all, but my mom just looked at me and she said, it's going to be fine. (laughs) 
it's just I've never talked about this. So I think you're I think you're so brave. Seriously. Like this is such a like traumatic this is such a traumatic thing to go through it's so awful and you know I think seeing I think for you as well like being able to finally tell your mum that relief and I guess her reaction of being there for you which is what you needed that whole time you know you needed you needed your mum or like your sister or like someone to be there for you your family and I guess maybe you were just like, thank God, I finally got that. And like, they're here for me and I'm not alone. And, you know, you don't have to be so brave and strong all by yourself anymore. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Daphne. It's so awful. It was just like, just so hard to, to, to um, tell her and like to finally, you know, have it off my chest yeah and so when she just when she just said like it's gonna be okay I'm gonna be here for you like I just I didn't think she would react in a in like a positive way yeah like I expected her to like yell at me or like say I told you so but I think she really saw how hard it was for me to even talk about it and tell her myself yes Yes, and I think that is extreme. Like, it's not like you went out and, like, you know, took some drugs for fun and, like, you know, broke your leg, you know. Like, in that case, she, I think any parent might have been like, well, do you think you made a good choice? You know, like, but what happened yeah. to you? Had, it's not your fault. Like, it's completely out of your control. Like, you can't blame yourself for that. Even if you lied to your mum, which you you know, felt bad about. It doesn't, like, you You were 17. Like, everyone lies to their parents. You know, it's, that's not, it's not what happened wasn't because you lied or because you did something wrong. Like, you did nothing. This was all someone else. Yeah, you're right. So I think it is just, like, when when I was going through this, I always thought, like, this is just my fault. Like, I, my immediate you know, my mindset was like, I I caused this, like I, sh- I could have prevented this or, you know, but you can't. Like, yeah. it's like when if somebody were to get in a car accident, they, they immediately blame, like, I should have just stayed home or like, yeah. I should have just done this instead. But yeah. it's like, life is so unpredictable. It is. You can't even go down that what if path. You just can't because... I mean, like we were talking about before, like it's just you don't know what the other path would have involved either. Yeah. But you did nothing wrong, Daphne, nothing. Like you're allowed to be a teenager and go out and have a couple of drinks and not have not be assaulted, you know, like that. you had nothing to do with that. Like it was not your fault in any way this like complete scumbag it's completely him disgusting vile human being and has nothing to do with you yeah and um I think for me it was hard to see it that way for a very long time Mm. because like when you know once I started showing more people began to question like who's the dad or 
like because I I wasn't in a relationship and yeah. I think most people knew me as that girl who was gonna go to college who's gonna you know do really good and, and you know that was gonna finish or something and so this was like I think people didn't expect me to become pregnant yeah because also probably Orange County I mean I don't know America very well the only experience I actually have of Orange County is the Real Housewives (laughs) but (laughs) I imagine that most people in Orange County it's not I mean it's not an area probably where there's a lot of teen pregnancy or like it would probably be quite confronting to a lot of people yeah I think teen pregnancy is still a shock to a lot of people and like a lot of people look down on it. Yeah. And um, so I think when I, when it became noticeable that I was pregnant and other people were just like, well, who's a dad? Or like, what happened? And, and this was still at university or college. Yes. So you were continuing at college. Yeah. Um, actually, in college, I didn't really get a lot of questions. And if people would ask me, I'd just be like, I'll just make up a story. Yeah. Or, you know, where, or like, I, I think I used to always say, um, my partner goes to a different college or something like that. Yeah. But when it came to my immediate family, God, like my people uncles, are nosy, by the way, aren't they? Like, none they of your buddy business who their father is. Like, back out of my life. <laughs> Far out. Yeah. I, I got that question like every day. Oh my gosh. Who's the dad? Yeah. And it, it became especially hard to answer when it be, when it was from my my aunts, my uncles, and my cousins. Yes. They all wondered, like, how did you become pregnant? Like, weren't you like I was the first in my family to go to a uh, university. Yeah. And so it was just like I think they they kind of put me in a pedestal, which kind of made me feel like even worse. Oh God. Like you'd failed them somehow. Exactly. I that's exactly how I felt. Like I failed them and I was just embarrassed. Oh, Daphne. How did you deal with those questions from your family? Because I guess they I mean, did you want to tell them what had happened or? No, I didn't. I I remember like when I told when me and my sister we had and my mom had the talk about what happened and um I had told them I really don't want this to be something that we share with anyone. Like I I re I would like for this to be um known between us and like maybe our dad and that's it. Yeah. Because I it was just so personal and like so new that I, I couldn't talk about it. Oh, yeah, like you were still recovering from that trauma and to have all these other people who would then probably ask you all these questions and you being the caring person that you are, like there's only so much you can handle. There's only so much, you know, like you've got to look after yourself first. Yeah. So um, we didn't tell our family, like our immediate family, like any details. We we kind of just kept the story of I met someone in college. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I think they did believe that 
but I, I know that there was an instance where I kind of noticed I was being treated differently. Oh, God. And that's when I knew, like, they know, like, they, they know what happened. How did they find out? I think, I think it was because my mom couldn't keep it to herself. And, and she wanted support from her sister, which is my aunt. And then so she went to my aunt and like vented and talked about it. And, and I think from there, like my aunt kind of told her husband or like, yeah. or one of her daughters and it just, it spread. Oh, that's that, really hurtful. Yeah. So I, that was probably the most hurtful part of, of what had happened because I don't think they understood what I was going through. So by them, by them like kind of saying my business, it made me more embarrassed to go out, more embarrassed to be at family events. And I just became so isolated. Oh, like I didn't want to face the world. Yeah. And you probably felt really betrayed by your mom. So you were like, don't really want to go to her anymore. That's exactly how I felt. Like I didn't want to, I didn't, I no longer told her anything. I, I just, I didn't confront her about it. I just let it go. I kind of just said, you know what, like that's like, this is just showing me that I can't really tell her what's going on. Yeah. So I just kept it to myself and I, I just kept my thoughts, my feelings, everything. I just learned, like, keep it to myself. And, and yeah, that's what happened. And, you know, it was just, it's really hard being a teen mom because everywhere I would go, like, I, if I would go to the grocery store, I would just get so many bad looks. And there's this lady that just said, oh my gosh, there's a little girl taking care of a little girl. And I was just like, this is so hurtful. Like, I, it just made it, it made the process to recover harder. Oh my gosh. I cannot even imagine. Like, you just, I bet you were just thinking like, if only you knew what I'd been through. Like, it's just, people are so so like judgmental and nosy and they really like they don't know anything what they're talking about you know like it's just exactly like people were just assuming but they didn't know and they're I was always um portrayed as just being like this slutty little girl who got pregnant so terrible yeah and I think that that was the hardest for me, like having all those comments said and the looks and and like even the friends I made in college eventually they would always kind of kind of give me like like oh like you have a kid like oh they they just made it seem like she probably won't make it or or they they just kind of like made it seem as if like I wasn't. I wasn't capable anymore. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, it was hard um, just getting past the, that beginning stage and learning how to f- 
get thick skin and just ignore those comments and and you know just fight through you are a strong woman like to go through all of that particularly at that age and really quite on your own you know you didn't have a lot of support and now you're how old are you now 23 yes 23 like you've gone what you've been through and probably the personal growth that you've had in the last six years is like more than what most people have to deal with in a lifetime Mm -hmm. it's insane yeah I mean I always look at other people my age and I can see the difference like yeah and like um maturity level yeah and I'm I understand why and I became a mom and it just changed my life yes and so what tell me about the point where you were like I'm gonna keep her oh yeah I forgot (laughs) to mention that so what happened was you know after some time I ended up telling my mom I said I'm thinking of doing adoption and she looked at me and she said no like if you're gonna give her up for adoption then I'm going to adopt her and I immediately just you know I was like it's not about what you want though yeah exactly it's a bit like unfair to decide that for you and you I mean you would you can't just hand your baby over and like see her all the time like I'm sure that would have been really painful as well like it's your your call your baby yeah yeah and I think she just really didn't want me I don't know I think she just felt she wanted to regret it yeah I think that's what she thought and um so she did her best to convince me she said I'm gonna help you like I'm gonna be there for you like it's we can do this together and then my sister would also join her and say like no like keep her and we, we're gonna raise her and when you could find out the sex I'm guessing you wanted to know yes yeah so it it makes it a lot more um real doesn't it because you're not just talking about a baby that you don't really know their identity you're talking about a baby that you know is a girl that it's going to grow up to be a little girl and one day she's going to be a woman and you can imagine this whole life it's very I think that probably would have made it so much more real for you yeah I think finding out that she was a girl it did change my thought because I I was immediately like I have to protect this child like this little girl like I don't want yeah, I don't. I didn't want um, what happened to me to happen to her. Yeah, of course. So I think I think it did have to do with her being a girl, for being one of the main reasons why I decided to keep her. Yeah. Wow. So how did you feel when you sort of made that decision? Were you like, okay, I'm definitely going to keep her? Did you feel like relieved, excited? Are you kind of like, oh shit, I hope I'm doing the right thing. I did. I I was I was scared, but at the same time I was like in a in a way like willing like ready for the challenge. Yeah. Because I wanted to prove every to like the people that kind of put me down that I'll I was still going to finish school. 
Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So yeah. you were going to have, so you are going to keep, you were still at school anyway while you were pregnant and then you were planning on going back pretty soon after you gave birth. Yeah. yeah. So what ended up happening was I was pregnant. Uh, like I completed my, what? Okay, so I was like first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. The entire time I was in school and I was actually in like during, I was in my semester when I gave birth. Wow. And I still had a, I think I had like a month to complete before wow. I actually finished. Yeah. Shit, you probably had exams and everything. I did. There oh was my just God. So much going on. Yeah. But um, I think I just wanted to, to kind of feel like I can do it. Well, sometimes when people doubt you or if you're in a situation against the odds, you just like, you're like, fuck this, like I'm going to show you. And it's like other people and, yeah, like you say, even proving it to yourself that you can do it. Yeah. It must have been very empowering for you. Yeah, it was. Like I use like all those negative thoughts and like, you know, comments into something to you know, motivate me that I can prove them wrong. Yes. Good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I did whatever I could to kind of make the best of my situation. Yes. It actually did get hard after, after giving birth. Oh, I bet. I can't even imagine. I struggled. Like I found university hard enough without a baby. Like, I mean, you're amazing. You're amazing to do that. <laughs> like, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I don't know. I just felt like I couldn't stop going to school. Like I had to just keep fighting through and like, like manage however I wanted to manage. Yeah. But like after, after I gave birth, I... I fell into very deep, deep postpartum, postpartum depression. Oh, did you? God, last thing you need. Yeah, and it was just the kind of postpartum depression where, like, if I would see scissors or anything, I'd have to hide it. Oh my God, definitely. it was it was oh, that yeah. severe. Like I, I was I couldn't sleep. I, I even though I was so tired, I couldn't go to sleep and. It made me angry. It just, I was like, I, I can finally sleep right now because my daughter is sleeping, but I can't sleep even though I really want to. Do you think part of it was because you hadn't really dealt through, dealt with what happened properly? You had sort of just pushed on and you know put on a, put on a brave face and carried on without sort of talking to a therapist or anything about it, and then having your daughter is like even though I'm sure it was a beautiful moment because you know you, you had your daughter um I, I imagine and tell me if this is too personal but it must have been hard because it's like a daily reminder of what happened yeah yeah it was and I think you put it in like really good words like I didn't deal with what happened right away I didn't look for help I just kind of thought I can do this like I'm just gonna ignore this and move on with life yeah and yeah and so when I by the time I gave birth it got really hard because I was doing everything by myself 
And then. So your mom and sister weren't there to help you? No. So they, they did say, and I remember like during those really long nights, I remember thinking like they said they would be here, you know? Yeah, that's, oh God. And that wasn't the case. And so I think that me not being able to have that rest that I needed added a lot to my postpartum depression. Yes. Everything is worse when you're tired and sleep deprived. Everything. Yeah. And I didn't, I never, I never thought I would be, you know, going through that. Because I remember hearing stories about women um, harming their babies because of that. Yeah. And so when I was going through it, it really, it, it reminded me of those stories. And I was like, no, that's not going to be me. I just kept t- talking to my, to my own self in my head. And that's why I was hiding everything that, because I would look at something and these really bad thoughts would just come up that I didn't want to have. Yeah. And I remember looking at my daughter and like thinking, I don't want you. Must have been so confusing to. It was. Yeah. Have all those thoughts. And I don't, I didn't like looking back. It's so hurtful because that's not that's not who I was no of course not yeah like I love my daughter and I I hate that I ever had thoughts like that but that's not you that's that's the postpartum depression yeah and I I wish I would have you know felt comfortable to to speak up about it and say I really you know, I'm going through this, but I was too ashamed. Like, I thought they would be like, we need to take your daughter away or something. And how you were, were you 18 when she was born or were you still 17? Um, No, yeah. I When, by the time I gave birth, I turned 18. So an 18-year-old doesn't know a lot about postpartum depression and, you know, what can happen and, like, you're not really in that stage of life where you're kind of your friends might be dealing with this sort of thing or like it comes up in conversation it's like a completely foreign thing so you probably weren't around people even like you I mean I don't know but maybe you didn't even know why you were feeling like this or like what was happening that you didn't know that maybe there was a thing called postpartum depression and you had it yeah that's exactly like what was going on like I didn't know how to deal with it and I didn't know what it was all I knew was like watching a TLC episode and learning about it on the episode about you know documentary and then did everything just kind of click for you yeah and that's when I kind of tied it together and I was like this is what I have wow and so did you go and get some help when you realized I didn't. I I was too afraid to speak up because I because you're like, going to take her. Yeah, I thought oh. they were going to take her. Daphne, I can't believe you went through what happened to you, and like pregnancy and dealing with all those judgmental people, and the betrayal in your family, and then giving birth and having the depression and, you know, not having the support. I can't believe, like, you went through that all on your own. That is so intense. That is so intense. Like, far out. Seriously. 
Like, and you're so caring. Like, you don't deserve that. It makes me really sad for you. Yeah, it was. It was all very intense. You know, I. It was just very overwhelming. And I, looking back now, I don't know how I came out of that. Like, I don't know how I am where I am now. You know. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with like. I struggled so much getting on my feet um, as a single parent and going to school and working and being a mom that there is a point in my life where I was I was working, but a lot of my money, a lot of my income went on rent and I didn't have enough money to buy my daughter medicine when this one time when she got sick. And that was a breaking point for me. Oh, that, that was, yeah, that was just something that really hurt me. And I felt so useless. And, and you know, when I went through that, I was like, I have to do something. And I need to figure something out. And that's when I decided to join the military here. Seriously? Yeah. You're like... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just in shock by your amazingness. Like, this is insane. So did you, how does that work? Do you continue your studies or did you decide to put that on hold? Yeah, I actually put it on hold. I, you know, put a submission on why I was going to have a gap and it was approved and I was allowed to go to the military. Wow. And yeah, at the time, my daughter was only two when so I left. To do two years of uni as well with a child, I mean, can we just talk about that for a second? Because how did you work, study, be a single parent? I mean, I'm not surprised that you didn't have money for medicine because it, that's so much to take on on your own so much like how did you do that who did you have like your daughter obviously I'm assuming didn't come to class with you and you like how did you do that I mean to me that just seems so <laughs> overwhelming <laughs> yeah so what I, what ended up happening was I looked into the child care on campus and so what happened was uh, I had my daughter in April and then my semester started in um, late August so by the time she was ready to, um, I was ready to go back to school, she was four months. Yes. And the child care center on campus accepted four-month babies. That's good. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I managed to go to school. Like Every time I went to school, she went with me. And wow. I, yeah. And it was, it, it was hard because I did have a, a huge workload. On the days I went to school, I went from seven to seven or seven to five. And it was just a lot. And she was there. And you then had to go home and study. And yeah. you probably weren't getting a lot of sleep because you've got a baby that's like waking up all the time. Like that's just what happens. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're a bloody superhero. Seriously. You like, you need like, a trophy. Like you were <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, you're amazing. Thank you. Um, I don't know. Like I really don't know how, how it all came together, but I just, you know, I just 
made it happen. I really don't know how, but I mean, it, it was it was not easy. It was just. Do you ever look back and go, "Fuck, I'm good. Can't believe I did that." Like, go me, because I hope you do. <laughs> yeah, like, I actually. Yeah. You should. I had that moment actually yesterday. Good. good. <laughs> so what happened was I was looking at my progress in school and I saw that I'm only 11 classes away from completing my degree. Oh, congratulations. That's fantastic. And then that me like, you know, having that information kind of, it like became so much. Yeah. it, It became more real. Like before it was like, you need like 60 classes to finish. And now it's just down to 11. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot believe I only have 11 classes left. Like, it just felt like I, like, I had all the odds against me. And I always felt like, is this going to be the semester I finish? Is this going to be the semester I can't do it anymore? Like, yeah, and you just push on. Yeah, I always thought, like, there's no way I can get there. There's no way I can get there. Like, but I was still, I was still moving forward. But my, I always had those thoughts, like, I just can't do this. Like this is too much. Well, you you did it. You're doing it. You're you're incredible. <laughs> yes, thank you. So tell me about the military. So you decided to take a year off and join the military. Yeah, so I joined the military and I left my daughter when she was 2. And where did you leave her? So what I ended up doing was um leaving my daughter with my sister. Mhm. And my sister took care of her for um, for about five months. And then my mom ended up taking care of her after. That must have been so hard for you. It was really hard. There's a point where I kind of forgot how my daughter looked. Yeah, that must be so, so hard as a mother. Yeah, it was... It was hard, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be home soon. I'm going to be home soon. And where were you? Were you still in the States? Yeah, I was. I, I never went overseas. Yeah. So I was in Missouri. I was in Virginia. I went to Oklahoma, and then I was in San Diego for about a year and, like, six months. Wow. So... You, and the reason for it was to save up some money. Yes. The, yeah. re- the reason was to just, you know, do my best to build up my savings and finish and then be able to go to school and then have the military pay for my, my housing, my school. Oh, and, smart yeah. woman. Yeah. So that's, that was my strategy was like, I need, I need to have an income that can allow me to go to school and also, you know, maybe get a part-time job so that I can, you know, earn extra money. Yes. And that's exactly what I did. I, and now I'm using like the military to pay my house and to also pay school. And um, I'm currently looking for a job, but so far I'm pretty good where I am now. That's really smart, Daphne. 
and, and like it's it's amazing the sacrifices because I, I can just imagine that would have been, a, a, I mean, such a huge decision for you, you know, that you made because you had to at the time and leaving your daughter would have been so hard. So were you able to bring her, because you were away from her for five months, but you were with the military for one year and six months, did you say? Yeah, so I was, my total service has been three years. So I left her, I went to training, I came back, I saw her for about two months, then I left again, and I was, I was able to, like, whenever I had leave, so in the military you get two days and a half of leave every month. That's it? Yeah. It, it sounds like a little bit, but what I, what I was able to do was like when I would build up um, leave time, I would kind of like combine it with the weekend. Right. So you have like four, four and a half, five days. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that was my strategy of going about it. And then there was also moments where I took like two weeks off or, and things like that. And then when I was in San Diego, I would visit my daughter every weekend oh that's so nice that you're able to do that yeah so I was able to like drive to her and then towards the end I actually brought her to live with me for about a month or two oh that's incredible thank you and so how old is your daughter now she's four and she's about to be five in April oh and how are you enjoying motherhood now I am, I'm loving it. I really like having a four-year-old. I, like, she reminds me of myself in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, she just does a lot of things that I do, and then I feel like when I look at her, I look at myself. Oh, good. Good. (laughs) I'm glad you're not looking at that, you know, that guy. Um, What happened with him? Like, did you ever see him does he know that he has a child? Like, was he ever, like, prosecuted? Is that the right word? Like, you know, mm-hmm. what happened? So this is going to be the biggest, like, mind blower, I would say. Well, we're going to hold it right there. But let me tell you that what she is sharing in next week's episode will actually blow your mind. Like... I, I cannot get over the things that Daphne has had to overcome. And whenever you think that it couldn't possibly get any worse, something happens to just make it that little bit worse for her. It's a bloody horrendous. But what I can tell you is that it's also the most uplifting story. And I guarantee by the end of next week's episode, you'll have tears of joy for Daphne and everything that she's achieved. And everything that she has going for her. It is so exciting. Daphne, thank you so much for coming on again. I think you are just so beautiful and brave and amazing. I am in complete awe of the care that you show for other people. And you've been continually putting other people's feelings ahead of your own, despite going through everything that you went through at the same time. And I'm just in complete awe 
of you in that you went through pretty much all of that on your own and the decisions and the sacrifices that you've had to make. Oh my God, you are a queen, seriously a queen girl. And for you listening, I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. I'd love for you to come in write it for me in a podcast app that you listen in on. You can write a review. If you don't have time to write a review, you can tap on the stars, but I'd really love to know what you think, as I'm sure Daphne would too. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it does make the podcast easier for new single parents to find, which would be so amazing. If you wanted to get in touch with me, you can send me an email to julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Single Mother Survival Guide. I'd so love to hear from you, so please don't hesitate to get in touch. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, I'm launching something very exciting, April 1, and I can't wait to have you be a part of it. If you want to be the first to know, I will be announcing this next week to my email subscribers and then on the podcast about a week after that. So I'm super excited to share it with you if you wanted to, you know, jump on in to find out all about it earlier, jump onto my website www.singlemothersurvivalguide.com and put in your name and email in one of the options. There's one in the header, there's a pop-up box, wherever you like. And I will make sure that you find out about this exciting new thing first. Also on the website, you can check out all the other podcast episodes and you can also read the blog. There is also a link on the homepage to join the Single Mother Survival Guide Support Forum, which is a Facebook group for us to connect with each other. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait for you to hear the rest of this episode. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful day or evening, depending on where you are and when you're listening. And I hope you have a fantastic week. And I can't wait to share the rest of this story with you next week. And thanks again to Daphne. Okay, bye for now.